So how, on God's gray earth, did this... This don't know just where I'm going. And even this Become this. Take it all back to town. Ain't it a shame you're too old to get around? But everybody knows you used to to Detours and Outliers, the podcast where we take a closer look at that one album in an artist's discography that sticks out like a sore thumb. It may be their best album, or in this case, it's their worst album. But in either case, it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't think, they didn't stop to think if they should. We can edit. <laughs> <laughs> And just a quick note, we're on Instagram and uh, Twitter and Facebook and all that. So, you know, join the fun, join the club, say hello, make fun of us to our virtual faces. Uh, This week we have Logan Renard, Matthew Marr. My name is Scott, and we have a special guest this week. She has a score of 1,606 in Candy Crush and is the best Thurman player in the state of Colorado. Victoria Lundy, say hello to the people. Hi, people. Hi, person. How are you? So this week we're going to be discussing the album Squeeze by the Velvet Underground. So I guess we'll just start with who are the Velvet Underground and and. Who actually made this album? Because I did. That might be different. There's some overlap. There's yeah. Um, this album came out in February of 1973. Um, long after 73. Wow. 73. As early as that. I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah. Well, Lou Reed had left the uh, the Velvets in '70, so it had been this guy named Doug Yule who had been hired by Lou in the manager to replace John Cale when John Cale got too um, weird or difficult to work with. So we can, yeah, uh, just I'll put it right out there. John Cale is my favorite member of the Velvet Underground, but but I'm also pretty ignorant. Who were the original members of the Velvet Underground? Um, Well, there is Lou and Lou Reed, Sterling, uh, Moe, 
Maureen, the drummer, and uh, John Cale. And Nico got grafted on by Warhol for the I first album. I always think of her as an original member. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's on the first album, so... She's yeah. always here and there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and she, she flitted in and out. I mean, it was, you know, billed as Nico and the Velvet Underground, so how integrated she was is hard to say. She didn't... Some clever branding by Warhol. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you're going to get someone to do your marketing, Warhol is... Uh, could do worse. Yeah, <laughs> and not this, a bad this, choice. This is an iconic band too. Oh yeah. yeah. So what? Um, um, yeah, they're. What were they all about? The, well, they were <laughs> sort of known. I mean, for their Warhol connection, they were. They're a band that really evokes sort of late '60s New York, despite the fact that they were not really popular in New York. In fact, a lot of the Velvets' reputation is based on the fact that they were not appreciated at their time, and in fact. I think a lot of this album is um, after they had become appreciated, but after they had broken up and they were trying to, as it were, squeeze uh, uh, the last little um, bit of money out of this. Please say the title like that always from now on. Squeeze, yes. Uh (laughs) Apparently Uh, the band Squeeze did take their name from this album. What? That's what they said. Uh, Glenn Tilbrook said that in an interview somewhere. So uh, uh, amongst some people, this is a beloved album. Well, the Velvets only released five studio albums, and this is number five. The first two are unqualified masterpieces. The second two are qualified masterpieces, and then there's this one. Um, Essentially, everyone had left the band except for the replacement for John Cale, and he was sort of pressured by the um, manager there, like Steve something, to uh, make one last album while they still had a record contract, and you know, money could be gained or gleaned from this. And so it's kind of like if um, Paul had fired John and then Paul had quit (laughs) and George was on maternity leave and Ringo went out and recorded a whole album by himself and called it The Beatles. Yeah, but that would be awesome. It would 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 probably be better than this. My favorite Beatles album. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. The guy we're talking about, the guy who did everything except for the drums and the saxophone. Yeah, that is Doug Yule, a man who prior to this had not played bass guitar, uh, was a Boston musician who of no note, and since then has recorded almost nothing. He's he's only known for this. I mean, he has like... This was his moment of glory. Well, I read uh, he he contributed big time to Loaded, right? Well, he sang a lot of the songs, but that was all written by Lou. Okay. So he hadn't written anything. Well, you know, it's one thing to be a utility infielder, and it's another thing to like put together an album. So, <laughs> uh, do, we, do we have a date for when the Velvet Underground started? It was 66, 67, somewhere around there. So, Cause I think was the, it that early? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. they were all done by 70. So, so th- were, this was the most vibrant moment in New York rock and roll history, right? The, yeah. Uh, and they would the have to play Greenwich like Max's Village. Kansas City because no have, one would see them in New you York. Know, you have everyone from, from Jimi Hendrix to Kiss, right, emerging from that milieu in yeah. the late 60s. Right? Um, I, I, was White Light, White Heat's the first one? or I think the, the, the Nico one is the first one. Yeah, the Velvet Underground and Nico. And Nico? Okay. Yeah. That's correct. And well, then White Heat, after which Lou Reed didn't want to deal with John Cale. So White Light, White Heat, I wish I remembered who you know said this first, but you know, famously uh, uh, you know, nobody, you know, only only twenty five people bought that record, but they all started bands. Is one of the, the yeah, famous. Yeah, they were far more about, influential than they were yeah. successful. 
um, and a lot of punk rock and, you know, more RD music and things like that. I mean, it's a pretty direct tie to the first couple of Velvet Underground records as far as influence. New York Dolls. Yeah. And yeah, the Dolls. A right? lot of it, it reminds me of the similarity between like uh, Wire's Pink Flag album, where I think a lot of people, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Hendrix and stuff like that. We're mm-hmm. pretty at the height of, you need to be a, you know, musical god on earth to even think about starting a band at this time. And here's this band that writes pretty good songs and makes awesome music. Sometimes they only have one or two chords and the same, you know, verse sung over and over again. I think that that particular weird minimalism really like, you know, was a good contrast to the, the, everybody wanking off of the era, which was was a really, (laughs) it was really odd amalgam too, of people who could really play like John Cale. Yeah. And, and uh, Lou Reed, who, um, obviously great songwriter, right? but, um, you know, his instrument of choice, the guitar, he's competent. Yeah. Right? He knows enough chords to play the songs he writes. Right, right. Exactly. Right. You know, so, 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 but, 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 uh, you know, that, that is kind of interesting as well. Right. Is, I mean, I'm, I'm agreeing with you a hundred percent that there's this, uh, that they were, they were chafing against, um, a kind of, um, um, royalty of rock yeah that that they were resisting it's a yeah a reaction were, to the the dominant trend at the time and yeah. so so they're they're basically you know also what they're just they're punk rock right kind of yeah i've always thought they were yeah they, they mean, wore you know very dark clothes as opposed to the psychedelic paisleys of everyone in san francisco they were sort of the antidote to that while everyone else was doing you know, LSD and mushrooms, they were really into like street drugs, like heroin. In fact, <laughs> one of their bigger hits, if you can call it a hit, was heroin. So, well, and I always thought they were kind of more connected to like beatnik stuff. And, you know, yeah. I've mentioned the fugs before on this, but that's sort of like more clever than they're letting on kind of like beatnik shit, you know, uh, more than, yeah, any, any flower power sort of thing. So I'm, I'm, we won't get through this without uh, uh, you know me commenting on how this sounds like the shittier parts of the Grateful Dead because it does. Yeah. The Grateful Dead named themselves the Grateful Dead. They were originally a band called the Warlocks, but changed it to the Grateful Dead after they discovered that there was already a band called the Warlocks, which was in fact an early incarnation of the Velvet Underground. So. Dun dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what an amazing connection. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's like a well. Should we? Should we? Um, what do you think? Should we listen? Yes, to the first we'll, song? we'll dive we right to? into. Well, yeah, I guess. So. Yes. <laughs> Track a, one, Little Jack. <laughs> let, let, let's observe this objectively. <laughs> I object. So. I understand instantly the Grateful Dead reference. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's this is like the shittier parts of the Grateful Dead. This, yes, this isn't this is not good. good yeah, Grateful Dead. that's a pretty Phil e baseline too, like pretty syncopated. But I mean, it so kind of sounds like they're covering "Sympathy for the Devil" with the. I know we kind of covered this already, but can we talk a bit more about what is the 
do we have any idea of what the direction was for this? Well, they, they were they were as I said the more critically and culturally appreciated than commercially appreciated. And oddly enough, right before this album came out, uh, Lou Reed's album Transformer, which you know was his awesome. Mo- his most successful came out and suddenly people were finally getting the, the velvet underground now that there wasn't a velvet underground yeah, to a get little, little so. quality production. So and, I yeah. think a lot of, and you know, they were trying to get something commercial. And I mean, the album before this loaded with Lou Reed writing all the songs was an attempt to be more poppy and commercial. It wasn't as bad or as transparent or uh, unpleasant as this, but they were, trying to make money at this point. And I think Mar- well, part of that's their manager sort of I pushing them. I think this them. is just a, just a completely, absolutely transparent cash grab. Cash grab. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else to it. Yeah. And, and you know, he was the remaining, he was the one guy left standing. Yes. Yeah. He was left in the hole being the back. Yes. I mean, uh, just a, it's always a crash grab. Oh yeah. yeah, right. I mean, yeah. that's all. That's always what it is. But if that's all there is, then th- there's no art. But left. this is a right. hurry up and turn something in. We can sell before people forget it. Well, the name's still hot. Yeah. Well, and, and mm-hmm. you know, had this come out as a Doug Yule solo album, <laughs> nobody would care. Who? I'm, right. <laughs> well, Doug Yule has released you know, that, no that solo albums. Uh, so <laughs> talk about just a comparison: something that worked and something that didn't work. Yeah. Um, uh, David Gilmore, the guitar player for. Pink Floyd. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, he um, he put out a solo album after the Pink Floyd broke up. A momentary lapse of judgment. Well, yeah. Well, before that, before that, his solo his solo album was actually pretty good, but it didn't sell. Yes. Yeah. Right. So he's producing an, a new solo album, and, and the record company suggested, well, if you can get the other two guys to come in on this, we can call it Pink Floyd. Right? So it essentially was a David Gilmore. Solo album. Solo album that they just slapped the name of Pink Floyd on. Division Bell? Or? Uh, no, that was that was a moment, whatever the first yeah. one was. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Whichever one was. Yeah. Well, there was a Tell couple Tell you the truth, of, I do not yeah, follow that. But, yeah. but uh, yeah. you know, it was a momentary lapse of reason or the Division Bell, whichever one it was. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, everything was already done. Yeah. And they just decided for marketing reasons, it would be much better to slap the Pink Floyd name and on it. And it worked Fantastically, and, and from a commercial standpoint, from a commercial standpoint, right. sued the living shit out of him, right? And, yeah, as yeah. well, he should. Well, yeah, I think yeah, there yeah. was a couple of Tommy what? Iommi solo records that got Black Sabbath put on the name that he didn't even realize it till he saw it in the store. Right, right. So it's right. So it's it's, it's, it's a record it, company shenanigans. This yeah. is other than the Devo one, I guess. Like this is one of the first. You know, we're going to get into a whole category of these albums where. There is a, it's an established band, and there's just a key person or two missing. With or in their, this case, a key everybody. But this one is fascinating. You know, this one kind of stands out, at least so far, among these, because it's like, oh, no, there's basically no one. Yeah, there's nothing but the name left. Yeah. There's somebody who actually was there at one point, but was a replacement for somebody else who was key. Yeah. So that a, makes no sense at all. Yeah. Nothing about I that mean, makes any sense. And, and Mo was still in the band at the time, but they hired Ian Pierce or Price from Deep Purple to play drums oh, on Oh, Pacey. Yeah. Yeah. His so, uh, nickname. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and that, every that, yeah. other instrument is played by Mr. Nobody, who had, you know, uh-huh. written nothing before this and wrote nothing after and, this. And he is, he is a, 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 very accomplished rock and roll drummer mm-hmm. Ian Pacey is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 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 um so um that that probably accounts for part of its 
staid existence of yeah. normalcy, which is the exact opposite of what the Velvet Underground always well, was. Well, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, and it's, since it's everything's overdubbed, there's not a lot of like live feel. Yeah. Everything none is of very the, none of the kind of stilted. feeling of accident that you always had with yeah. them, which with, is. Just the particularly whole point, the almost. John Cale right, era yeah. when like, you would dig out the, the viola and kind of feeling. feedback for an hour. Right. <laughs> or, you know, or well, they're in there, or it abruptly stops and then they go on and do something else because yeah. that's the way that worked. Yeah. And this is just like, yeah. I really do like to say, I, I do like the idea that it's just sort of a, oh, hi, we're a Grateful Dead cover band. I, I thought they sounded like... Uh, um, I just discovered the problem. Oh, what was um, that? It was my microphone preamp because I needed one for five microphones. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Um, the uh, uh, this this album reminds me of uh, this is like a Beatles cruise ship cover band who <laughs> lost the rights to play any actual Beatles songs, and this was their attempt at to, doing re- like post Revolver era. You know, the, the production on this has this whole idea. It's like this re- kind of smoothed out. Like it, it, it calls into mind like the monkeys a little bit. It's it's a little watered it, down. It's a what the seventies think the sixties sounded like, or even in the fifties. The seventies really, had a real hard on for like you know, Greece and Sha Na Na and yeah, Happy Days. Happy and, Days. And I think a lot of these songs have this sort of, but almost you, throwback feel to like doo wop, but not very well. But those, everyone has a hard on for Shanana. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Bowser, Bowser, can you blame him? John Bowser. If you hold this up against uh, Transformer, they're really, production-wise, they're very, very similar, and even some of the songwriting stuff, but Transformer has, you know, David Bowie singing high falsetto stuff, or really crazy wacky guitar solos, or wacky doubled-up, you know, bass lines and things like that. It's the same thing at its core, but it has all this weird shit kind of layered on top of it that actually makes it interesting to listen to. And this is like just the just the lame part, none of the good stuff. Well, yeah, it's like you could posit that, you know, the Velvet Underground didn't write particularly complex songs all the time, but they certainly played them in a just totally batshit manner. Yeah, so, they were hypnotic. Yeah. They were not, you know, yeah. Yeah. intricate, but right. they were exactly. hypnotic. Exactly. Yep. Well, do we want to go on to what may be the most interesting song on here? Uh-oh. <laughs> Crash! Who's that coming round the bend? One wheel in the air Helmet, goggles, gloves and boots Flies from here to there Speeding everywhere Crashing through the old screen door Wheeling round the drive Blonde hair flying everywhere Now he's in a dive But he's still alive Crash McBee Yeah, the stereo pan on this <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. That, Do that not was... listen with headphones <laughs> Yes, it will harm you Yes there you go. Yeah, this is that stereo Yikes. pan. Uh, that is was pretty very Beatles esque. It really yeah. was. Or, or Kinks, even. It's you know, very, very Martha, twee. my dear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it is. Had it come later in the album, it might have been a nice change of pace. But putting it as the second song oh, leads yeah. you to That's think weird. there's yeah. going to be more musical diversity than the rest of this album comes close to offering. Is this so. the original track order? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it makes not a lick oh, of sense. Goodness, That's yeah. totally like a we need to fill up a minute and a half more on this side kind of song. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is at a minute 22, it is still feels a little long. It gets boring by the end. (laughs) Like, yeah, we know he's going to crash. Let's just get to the crash part. Come on. You're trying to do kind of a paraphrase of the gift or something here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 
forgot about the, the gift, right? Yeah, that's a weird one. <laughs> well, just just in terms of just a punchline song, you know. Yeah. There's yeah. a da 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 da. Yeah, exactly. you could yes. see, see this on the Muppet Show. It'd be a nice <laughs> little skit. Oh God, no! Don't give them yeah, ideas. You could, <laughs> who's that one guy with the the dynamite? Yes. Oh, Lou Lou. <laughs> Lou, Lou Zealand. Lou Zealand, yes. I could see him playing the fish part. fish act or something like yeah. that, yes. Boomerang fish. Exactly. Well, shall we just move on to Please. Caroline? Not sweet Caroline, just Caroline. Running to and fro, got a hair in a braid. Always in a terrible fuss. Telling everybody of the friends that she's made. Pushing on the cross down bus. Scott, have you been wearing that Paisley shirt the whole time? Oh, yeah. Sweet, you, you, sweet, you sweet. lied. It is sweet, Caroline. It yeah. is, but he couldn't call it well, that for legal like, reasons. Yeah, pl- thank you. We're, we're going to, you know, it's, it's sort of a well, Beach Boys cover. I, you know, yeah. oddly, I, I kind of hear the Velvet Underground in the I do there. a little bit, yeah. too. I have to agree. I, um, it almost feels like, you know, someone described what Velvet Underground <laughs> songs are. <laughs> But didn't actually hear the Velvet Underground and then had to try and write it. It's like, okay, simple rock and roll, you know, character studies, a lot of dirty, you know, underground drug characters, yeah. write something like that. And this was, you know, their attempt. But make it sound like endless summer. Well, yeah. and, and, and you hear that, you know, the kind of the rock and roll roots yeah. that the Velvet Underground ooh, ooh, were. Doo, 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 were doo. Yeah. Fond of yes, which you know. Yeah, they, but they were always so twisted. Yes, yeah. it was always it, twisted. They yeah. always mixed. I mean, it even up. Right. you know, the first album we did, Zappa's um, "Cruising with Ruben and the Jets," seemed a more accurate and b different. This seems just sort of in the middle, like half-hearted. F's. This sound. The first thing I thought of when I heard this song was Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, I, I mean that's the kind of like vanilla blandness of the rock and roll part of yes. it. The Archies. Yes. Or, yeah, <laughs> the it, banana I, splits. I think that's a little, you know, I mean, that might be a little... That's too hard-edged. Yeah, yeah, too hard-edged for oh this my God. particular song. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this, Veronica's rocking on that damn tambourine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, you know, if this is uh, M- Metallica's uh, reload, then uh, the monkeys are uh, Slayer, you know. <laughs> Yeah, like no, there's a phrase you don't hear every day. Oh, like yeah. really, like this is. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is. Yeah. This would be rejected by Sesame Street for just being kind of kind of lame. So it's not Sweet Jane, and it's not Sweet Caroline. It's just Caroline. Okay, Caroline. Caroline. Again, it feels like something that um, whatever the character Meatloaf played in uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show would be singing. <laughs> that sort whatever of, happened to Saturday Night? What's yeah. for dinner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the the leather jacket is supposed to be a biker, but you're really just a glam rocker. Yes. All right. Speaking of intimidating and scary and rough edges, mean old man. Hey, baby, Baby, I'm fine. I'm mean and I ride the 
a whole 30 second clip. No. That was definitely a 60s kind of rock thing. Are there they, any songs on this without shaker or tambourine? Well, no. They did, they did pull out the Marshall, though. You could hear the distorted guitar that they yeah. came down well, yeah. aggressively in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's a, no, I, I, could, I could see this being a song that came out in, say, 1968 by a variety of Los Angeles bands that were, yeah. were um, you know, doing their, doing their best to... to um, rock. Rock, exactly. And, and uh, um, you know, some better than others, yeah. obviously. But um, it's... Um, so, so the Velvet Underground being this cutting-edge band... Yeah. And... Sort of the antidote to that, right? This is this is the antithesis of that. The antithesis of the antidote, yes. Well, again, it's sort of uh, a lot of this, and I've I've noticed it more hearing them end to end like this. Uh, does sound like um, the idea of it, like like an, a, a TV producer's idea of what a rock band sounds like. Yes. Yeah. yeah, not um, someone yeah. familiar and, with the well, you know, who's just familiar enough to know kind of what it's supposed to sound like. Should have quite, guitars. Yeah. And should have. The, and it's like. The, we have a rock, you know, or, or Roger Carmen's making a movie and he needs like a band in the background. And this is, these are the guys that they, they come to the club and there they are yes, playing and in the, the background. Everyone's doing the doing fug. The, yes, exactly. The pony. Yes. Suck it to me. Yes. yes. Like, uh, one thing I did notice that Velvet Underground didn't have, but uh, Lou Reed's Walk on the Wild Side did have was those, you know, backing vocalists doing the doot to doot to doots that are, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like soul sister backing vocals on this album that, I think may have been so, tied but into so Transformer. Red, though. They yeah, don't, they, they don't. Well, they I mean, are yeah. very much paid by the hour and uninvested. Yeah, soul I mean they're, singers, they're perfectly but, competent, and that's yeah. the thing about this is that there's a lot of competence here. It's not like the bad shags. playing exactly. It's yeah. just not interesting. Interesting at all. I think this would be a perfect song as a as a uh, you know as a scene scene music to the Rockford Files. Or yes, something. Yeah. exactly. It's library or, music when they need a rock band. Like the radio. I mean, it's perfectly <laughs> competent. There's nothing wrong with the, the uh, recording or the performance. Yeah. I mean, Doug exactly. Jewell knew what he was doing. I mean, there's a reason he got the gig, despite the fact he'd never played bass before. But there's yeah. also a reason why, you know, after this, he, he actually joined a band, uh, American Flyer, as the drummer. Hmm. And that band failed to take off, even though George Martin produced their first album. And hmm. after that, he retired from making music and... So. Are you saying George Martin is not the magician that people have made him out to be? Well, he did make America a success. Yeah, well, and, you know, yeah. and if anyone could make America yeah, great again... Enough said. That's tantamount <laughs> to, uh, yeah, to a miracle. But yes, he, he retired from music in like 76 and has just been working as a, a luthier making violins. Wow. So cool. Well, that's really cool, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's, he's like... He's a good guy. He's a competent guy. I'm not against he's him. A he's bad just singer, not. Even. No, he's I mean, just, yeah. the songs Unloaded he sang, you can't yeah. even really tell the difference between him and Lou unless you know what to look for. So he can probably sing. Yeah. So. Right. So. In fact, he was used as a studio musician by Lou Reed on a couple of albums after this. And he, he disavowed this for a while, didn't, yeah. didn't he? Know? Everyone's disavowed this. I mean, when. <laughs> this. It, Even Doug Yule's like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. That was a bad idea. I f- kind of feel embarrassed by it. But, you know, there are a few defenders, but most of them are... Well, it's pretty much just that the, the Velvet Underground name is stamped on it more than it's just bad. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, but if this was a different... If this didn't 
Like we wouldn't be talking about this. Nobody no, would know. Doug Yule and the Yule Logs. Then nobody would even remember. This would be the record in the used record store that is not five dollars, but it's a dollar. Yeah, With the little corner cut out. Yes. Yeah, the twenty-five There's, cent bin or whatever. Yes. Um, yeah, this this song, this whole album, it sounds production-wise and songwriting, it's really controlled. It's like really tightly controlled. It doesn't have any spontaneity. Yeah, to it. yeah. and and I think you know. I was goofing on Lou's singing, and you know he famously didn't have the best range or yeah. whatever. But that was part of his charm. That was that was indeed part of his charm, and I think a lot of the the original Velvet Underground stuff, along with the uh, you know Lou solo stuff, is that he had to contend with some serious limitations, and often did so in a in a clever, innovative way that made the song good. Yeah. You know, and so if you can just do anything you want easily. It's not going to be very exciting and just, I mean, we're how many, we were like four songs into this thing and it just, it feels like the same energy from like the first downbeat. It's never like a slog. It's a little peppy, but it never, it just, it never gets your heart rate to do it, anything. It's, it's just, it gets up to five and that stays there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we are all grateful. The album's about 30, 35 minutes long, but um, speaking of drug songs, let's go on to Dopey Joe. Again, oh yeah, colorful well, I, street characters. Again, it you know, Doug Ewell seems about as um, hip and with it as uh, Carlton from Fresh Prince. But he was told <laughs> that you know Velvet Underground writes songs about pimps and drug dealers, so you better go out and do that. And this was his. You're telling me this isn't a firsthand account? <laughs> I, I, you know, somehow Gosh, I, you I think Doug Ewell doesn't come off as exactly the most. Um, the bass Adventure. is really driving that song. Yeah, yeah it really is. I, the, I mean, yeah, go ahead. The bass playing on this is You're the bass player? Fucking great, us. man. Like he's he's doing he's doing the thing, you know, like I said that first one's kind of a uh, uh, the first song's got a kind of, you know, Phil Leshy kind of thing. Like he's doing a a good approximation of like bass playing and shit that was hip at the time or Five years earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very of its, you know, and you know, it's very of its time is a really dumb thing to say, but it's just, boy, it just, you can hear the beginnings of so many songs from that period. Yeah. Every time you hear one of these songs start. Yeah, just, with, with that honking sax oh on there, God, it's just, yeah. again, it, it feels like that, ooh, we love the 50s again, but we don't understand them at all. So. <laughs> there was a ton of this stuff in, in like the early to mid 70s, oh, or again, yeah. it's like, wow. yeah. From from the mid seventies vantage point, what they thought like really freaky, weird hippie music sounded like, yeah. even though they hadn't, you know. But from description only. But stuff <laughs> like this was, you know, okay, first hand account. Stuff like this was on the radio. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember this a little bit. And, well, even though yeah. there. This was, is what, yeah, people did, who wanted to be cool but weren't cool. Well, were you know, willing to, this is the kind of thing Mac Davis might have been doing. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that's kind middle of middle agey, kind of middle yeah. agey, kind Where of did, like. We're rocking kind of stuff. Where was this recorded? Do we know? Uh, I think it was recorded in England, actually. Yeah. It was recorded in I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just 
who knows what I'm thinking? It just sounds so Los Angeles to me. It does to yeah. me too. Yeah, yeah. it's not very New York, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. he's from Boston. And Carol I, Kay played all of this bass, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> she might have. That's Hal Blaine on the drums, you know. Yeah. yeah. But but it certainly has that, you know. But you know, it, it definitely, crew, you know, yeah. I know I've made this reference before, but it really does have kind of that Little Feet <laughs> vibe. Yeah. Or or that kind of you know half. You know, it's definitely rocking, but it's also in the the sort of country kind of vein, mm-hmm. and it's it's missing uh, just about any trace of blackness whatsoever. <laughs> that is um, true. Which, that's which that's is, my Mac uh, Davis remark. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be blunt. Well, so isn't it, I mean, pop music or you know, is is there still does radio still work or does it just you know. They just use and, that for cell phones now. Yeah, I, th- I think oh. everyone has their own personal radio station, and there is no more but center of pop music. There's not a, a mass market yeah. for radio anymore. But pop pop music, I mean, typically is the safe kind of milk toast compressed version of some shit that was really cool in the underground. You know, maybe right. you know five and, five ten years earlier. But and in like, this case, literally, and the velvet really underground awesome yeah. stuff. Creeps through, yeah. yeah. But it's always, it's always, uh, you know, for for the the people writing the paychecks, it's always conservative. It's it's packaged into a pre digestible suppository that uh, you know <laughs> you can get your music and you know. Yes. Well, shall we move on to the next one? Because because they're going to start to blend together, and we need to get through this. Uh, this is wordless. Yes. Yeah, with Very, the, the boogie Very, woogie piano and the slide guitar. This could guitar. have totally been on a Leon Russell album. Yeah, yeah. B-side. Not a Al good Cooper, Leon not, Russell. One of the ones, this, yeah. Second side. So why was that called wordless? There are lots of words in it. I, I have and no And I don't words. think the word wordless switch. actually appeared in it, but... Uh, Yes. Yeah, he's Sue for a, false he's advertising. He's up on a tight wire there. Yeah. And, and I, uh, the uh, Leon Russell reference yeah. is, uh, it is apropos. Yeah. When, when did, uh, I mean, Dr. John had been around forever, but he's about to make a splash. Oh, he, he's already making moment. a splash. Yeah. At yeah. I mean, yeah, so. Leon just appeared on concert for Bangladesh, so he's obviously well, and, up and, and literally, coming at the time. Yeah. I think tight wire, wire was out yeah. at that point. Um, yeah. If I recall from my AM radio experience. Yeah, that sounds like a 71, 72 type of song. Yeah, there was is... a, a whole lot of, well, you know, AM yeah. radio. There was the Jackson 5 and Leon Russell and Rod Stewart. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. FM FM hadn't really quite, yeah. not quite taken over yet. But yeah, you heard the, everything I've heard on this album, I heard on AM radio in the early well, 70s well, and this in, is, some, in some manifestation. He's, he's clearly trying to get radio play on this and yeah. failing, but you know, that is his goal, so I can, well, again, or at least the manager's goal, again, and he's it, going right, along I with mean, it. That has to be, um, I mean, if you're going to spend the time and money to make an album, you want it to get 
play. Yeah, right? that's I mean, not that's the whole purpose, an inherently right? evil. No, right, right, right. So, so, so I don't, you know, so I don't, you, I don't like. I don't think it's a bad thing no. that he was no. trying to get airplay. But I don't think he was trying to do anything else. But I think it's always it's always a misstep to cater to what you think is popular. True, true. So th- this whole thing sounds like just a Muzak version of Jefferson Airplane or just regular Jefferson yeah. Starship. Yeah. Right? Well, no, well, even... Fewer <laughs> synthesizers. It's just yeah. more, it's just more, um, um, yeah, it's, it's got that whole kind of country folky... It's not very It's kind of like Little Feet had yeah. yes. a stroke. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, you're right, it's like Little Feet had a stroke. Like, yeah. if, if Lil George had died before Little Feet started, yeah. that would have been this. It, yeah. But it also, it's like a whole album of filler. Like, <laughs> these are the songs that are between the really good songs on a be- much better album. Yeah. This, people, what he just said. Yeah, that, yeah. Like yeah, that, that's, yeah. But yeah. it's just all that. You know, like, even Loaded um, and uh, uh, Transformer have, like, you know, two or three songs that are... Eh. Eh. They're eh. They're okay. They're cool. Yeah. They might have in and, and the more I think about it, they even have some weird out of control bizarro shit that No no album makes has a, I mean there are very few albums that have like everything top, fantastic. Top to bottom, yeah, yeah. yeah, right, top to bottom. And and the other thing that this is like really lacking is the dynamics of like kind of an up and down kind of journey, yeah, journey much, through the there's, there's nothing really rocking, yeah. nothing really all the way sweet through. And quiet there's and no soft highs either. and lows. Yeah, it doesn't nothing sucks which Kind of makes it suck. If, yeah. If you put this Again, on, Crash would have been nicer to have around this time because we're getting a little, you know, fatigued. If you put this on in a loop, or you know, like a random loop, you would not. It could just play forever in the background, and you would not know that it where it began, or and it have not have any idea how far you were progressing through the album. It's just all kind of one energy. Yeah. Is he still alive? Doug Yule, yeah, he's maybe around. We, he's giving maybe, interviews. You know, he should have been marketing this to. Grocery store chains. Yeah. yeah. Is he going to call in? <laughs> yeah, he, he may be the only. I think he might be the only Velvet Underground guy still alive. That's sad. Oh, really? Are yeah. they all dead? Moe's dead. Lou's dead. I'm not sure maybe, about Sterling. Maybe it's the lack of drugs. Yeah. That well, <laughs> made this album what it is. Yeah, but kept him alive. But kept so, him alive. So this is your choice, kids. You get a choice. Do drugs <laughs> or live. It's either. Yeah. But you it's know, either you're, you're either you going to do squeeze or, you do or you're going to do transformer. You know, it's you can walk we, on the wild side. But or on you the can, other hand, he makes instruments. So I'm, yeah. I admire him. Yeah. Yes, it's good for him. Well, shall we move on to the next one? She'll make you cry. keep expecting these to turn into a song by America. <laughs> yes, I can and see why George quite... Martin was was intrigued by him, although I'm not sure how much Yeah, well, I mean, it's had. just like you can kind of like hear it kind of veering that way, and then yeah. it just turns into this other thing. She knows how to instigate and how to appease. Yeah, he, he, ha- he, has, he has quite the, the vocabulary. He has the best words, the biggest, the biggest words. biggest words. Oh, my. <laughs> there are some issues with consent on this. She can turn a... 
maybe into a yes. She can turn a no into a please. There's kind of creepy. I mean, there's a reason why this wouldn't be he'll make you cry, I think. That's rare in rock and roll. I know. Questionable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean what particularly you, what in do you expect? 73. The 70s. Yeah. <laughs> or 60s or, or some, 80s it's or some, 90s. Well, well, it's, or, it's obviously an empowered woman. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm not so, quite yeah, sure what her power out. is. Yes. <laughs> she can, she'll make you weak instead of shy, which I'm not, again, it, it sounds profound, but I'm not sure what he's saying. It's deep. It's deep, Scott. It's yeah. deep. It's, it's, yes, it's deep. It's, it's deep in a yeah. place that you don't want to go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about the album cover? Yes. Uh, it's pretty. Must uh, we? Uh, <laughs> subtle. Shall we My say goodness. Subtle. Well, it, and apparently it was also designed to, from a glance, to look a lot like the loaded album cover. So if you are, you know, you don't for, bring your glasses, you might bra- for end up buying the wrong listeners, one. It is the Empire State Building being uh, clasped in a in a Wrist. in a fist. <laughs> Somebody's a lefty right, squeezing it aggressively, and the name of the album is Squeeze. Yes. And it's a style of art that was like it looks like um, kind of a batik airbrush. Yeah, yeah. It's just a. As a, as a related but an aside, I had a, a, a friend in, in graduate school, a colleague, I guess, uh, who um, wrote his dissertation on the building trade unions in New York City. And um, his, his uh, dissertation was full of these images about how they would erect these buildings thrusting into the sky. And he was using the language of the builders that, yeah. that actually did these. And, and the, uh, the erotic and homoerotic nature of that is is unmistakable <laughs> yeah for anyone Not who want to point to it and uh by the way uh you know the the uh, the older folks in the uh, department there were um a little um disturbed by his take on all of this but uh you know but uh, it's like it is what it is yeah, well, uh, 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 erect uh, is a verb that has uh, yes, you know yes. applications outside of you know so, so, anatomical so so the uh, we're so gonna the, fuck the sky with our giant steel dicks right, right exactly and, uh, yeah that's pretty much <laughs> i think you too, got it too yeah. far tone it, tone it down like 50 percent for the brochure but so, I, so, so, this so is I what al-qaeda was going so for. i think the album the album cover actually al-qaeda is lorena bobbitt <laughs> If the content of the album had anything to do with its cover, yeah. it, it would be a better album. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the album cover matched the content, it would just be a, a, a plain beige with the, the title written clearly. It'd have a little clearly. fuzzy picture of a horse on it. Yes. Or something. Yeah. There, you know. Yeah, you know, as an as a avid uh, model builder, airbrusher person from, you know, a pretty early age, this is, the cover is like, Chapter two in like beginning airbrush. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's book. a style. How to how to use stencils. There you yeah, go. well, it would just be companies that you'd hire, right? Like yeah, yeah. Album well, and that was a style of, got of art doing. that was very popular at that time. I mean, yeah. it's you know you saw that you saw illustrations like that on clothing. Yeah. You saw them on you know as posters. It, it was just everywhere. Yeah. Phil Hartman did Velvet Underground covers. Well, not this. No, but he did album covers. That's what he did before he became an actor. He did like Crosby, Stills, Nash covers and huh. America covers. That's yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he was a creative guy. Yeah, well, not just loaded, but I mean, you could you could find a dozen or more albums around this time that you could mistake for this cover from a distance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty easily. Yeah. All right. What well, next? What do we got? Friends. How can I tell 
say We've been friends for so long Never knew it could go wrong When I look at her Words just won't come Though I tried to write them Found I couldn't recite them Okay, so after like eight limp rockers in a row, we get a really limp ballad. And I'm glad they finally like and you can cranked still, it out. <laughs> We're gonna slow things hear, down a little bit. You can still hear the 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 Velvet Underground in there. Yeah, it's like it, it is like you could see that perhaps that there 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 is an attempt to be pure or associated with the Velvet Underground directly yeah. but it, but it's just not whatever whatever the quirky strangeness oddity twists that were the velvet underground when they did more or less normal ballady kind of stuff mm-hmm. like this it's completely missing well it's yeah. sort of like as everybody said it's like covers yeah yeah i mean it's like if somebody had taken some of the rather straightforward some of the straightforward actual musical songs of velvet underground and just said, okay, we're going to cover them like Little Feet. They yeah. sound kind of like this. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's... I mean, that... But, but of course, you know, lacking, again, with the, like, secondhand... Yes. <laughs> the secondhand exposure to the under under underbelly of New York, which yeah. we're not getting that. Yeah. I mean, the, the piano solo is very nice. And yeah. Nothing's wrong with it. It's just... Uh, well, There's nothing wrong with any of the playing on yeah. this, really. But, I mean, Peter Noon could sing this song. Am I? Uh, yeah, there's just a lack of. I know. prefer hearing Peter Noon uh, sing Velvet Goldmine. Personally. <laughs> there you go. I, I'll find that for you and send Candy it to you. Candy says yeah. Velvet Goldmine. Yes, I will. There, there's a big lack of the middle finger on this album. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got the wrong song. It's All You Pretty Things. Wow. It, this that, exists that is... in nature. I'm sorry. Peter Noon doing Bowie. That is a. I believe that's a real thing. I'll find wow. it for you pretty, and send it pretty, to you. You mean like, yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> that song I'm alone sorry, is probably more interesting than this whole album put together. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it and you can, you can post it on your website. There you go. Well, trudging forward, track nine, send no letter. The letter. Number oh, nine. Letter. Number Not nine. Not the gift, the letter. Send me no letter, I'm a get better. I gave you my house, and then you go and you throw me out. Send me no letter, I'm a getting better. Send me no letter, I'm a getting better. See some other So, did Doug Yule think he was in CCR and not the Velvet Underground? Or, or maybe Blood, Sweat, and Tears? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. There's that, that acapella doo-wop breakdown. Bop. Bob, which didn't have the yeah, finger the snapping, vocals which is in a this shame. Are really disturbing. Yeah, I, I just they're like they don't, they're not they are not mixed well. They seem to be sitting on top. Yeah, this a way. is a poorly mixed album amongst yeah. other crimes it has. Yeah, it, it, it was just, done fairly quickly, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I, I can only imagine that you know, Transformer had done well, and this guy had the rights to the name of the Velvet Get Underground. It. Like we got, 
we got to get this out in the next week. Polished. Yes. <laughs> but but finish you know, this album now. I'm still we're 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 working on it. Yeah. Still, there are people who like this album. There's probably people who like just about anything if you dig deep yeah. enough. But I like trans. You know, yeah, I, I like, like trans. trans. Yeah. I was gonna say. Well, there's the, I mean, right? But there's things that you would have to like about it. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, there there are albums that I truly dislike, but I recognize the things that other people might like about them. Yeah. There's yes. like nothing um, I can actually point to and say I don't. That that it's like ooh you know yeah it's more just I don't get it yeah I don't know why anyone <laughs> would be excited about it I mean honestly looking at the list how does Little Jack go the first song we listened to we listened to it I less than half an hour know. ago all right how many of these songs can we remember at all they all remind me of a song Caroline by America. remember Caroline how does Caroline yes, go yes exactly this yes, this exactly. album just runs through you like you, you know bad Mexican food n- none of them have hooks <laughs> no, there's nothing not hooky really. about it there's nothing to latch on to no I mean, hooks again, and the dynamic there's no sonic exploration and there's yeah. it's very flat dynamically it's just yeah. like as you know the whole the whole thing where it's like there's little peaks and valleys there's no like surprises at all but we have two songs left so we we'll could see okay. i'm sure it'll turn around here in the last minute i'm sure um, it could happen spoiler alert if all you listen to this album last they might have which actually is, but uh, which is dumb you shouldn't don't do, do that, that. <laughs> don't do that <laughs> jack and jane jack and jane not... well there's a jane in there anyway yeah sweet jane Jack and Jane and Willie were quite insane But did you think that I really cared? Though they tried to get me to insinuate I couldn't follow them anywhere Because they weren't ever really there Oh, high and low, the little junkies go Maybe it's the fuzz. I don't know. It just sounds yeah. more like a Velvet Underground sound. Dude, if Mo Tucker was playing drums on this album, it might have saved it. Like, well, just... it certainly would have helped. I mean, but so did Ian Pace or Ian Pacey, however we pronounce his yeah. name. Did he play drums throughout this album? Yes, he's he's the only he's other the musician drummer. other than someone who's just credited as Malcolm, who plays the so, sax. So he is he is the uh, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, he's he's obviously polished. He can keep time really yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a reason why you would hire him to if you only had a week to make this album. But but there seems to be no no like um, the drums are not driving anything. No, no. they're just no, there. He's, yeah, just keeping time. Yeah, much as this whole album is just sort of marking time. What are you talking? That's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. So, so this is the song. Then. Yeah, the one that got me. Oh, I forgot it. So, yeah, there you so, go. so now we know this. This, but, this but is does, what draws it does people have, to, it does, to listen it to this album. It does bear a passing resemblance to a Velvet Underground song. Yes, yeah. the vo- the vocal delivery, the the uh, the fuzz tone, right, and the uh, the kind of upbeat nature. Yeah, with, yeah. with um, you know something really weird would have happened right, in the right, middle of it all. Right, yeah. Right. So, if it were a Velvet Underground song, I, I like the drum sound on this a lot. For I mean, it's pretty. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like a, a reference example of of uh, early seventies kind of drum production mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, you the, could the, sample this and make great rap the, songs. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The kick drum sounds great. Um, um, it's really cool, but I think it's the having a competent drummer 
uh, you know, is probably working against them. Mo, Mo Tucker famously played standing up on like a snare drum and, and two floor toms. Kind of a fake and it, and it, cocktail kit. Yeah, like a fake cocktail kit. It's kind of this jungly sort of like driving, you know, eighth note driving pulse. And I think that's a real secret behind a lot of the classic velvet material and not because it's musically clever because it's musically limited and it encourages them to get around that limitation in creative ways in other parts of the song and when when you have the ringer who can play anything you say they will and it'll sound fine (laughs) fine i think is the the perfect word for this and that's the thing it's It's fine fine. yeah i mean it's yeah it's just fine Oh yeah, and, it, that was fine. And, and, and you know, and, and then uh, you know, Deep Purple, uh, Ian yeah. Pacey's band, right? They yeah. they were very progressive in terms of their their um, you know their arrangements oh, and, yeah. and yeah. their song structures. Uh, well, the same thing as arrangement. Apologize for that. And uh, you know, just um, they were they were stretching their abilities. Yes, he's not stretching his abilities here. No, he he probably he probably remembers these songs about as well as we do. <laughs> <laughs> After he recorded them, he's like, "Which one's this one? Okay, it's the 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 upbeat shuffle. All right." Yeah, it's not taxing at all. Well, we're we're on to the last this, song. This is the kind of stuff that you know we joked about the Wrecking Crew and stuff, but these are exactly the sort of tunes at this exact sort of time that Carol Kay complained about recording rock and roll bass guitar and falling asleep in her fucking chair while she was playing this shit. Yeah. Just cause it, because yeah, <laughs> like, it's like it's a paycheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just, a job. So we got one more chance. Okay, this okay. is the longest song on here by by a substantial margin. Okay, it's the last song. Yeah. So, Louise. It's like a polka, right? Yeah, yeah really. Kind of, you can really dance the polka to this. So that's why it's so long, because exactly. you can dance the polka. Yes. Well, that has that whole extended coda with, like, the... That feels almost as grafted on as, like, the piano ending of Layla or something. I mean, it's just... this <laughs> choirs and gets low and quiet, and it's kind of cool, but... Is this, like... I mean, I, I know it's not... Sister Ray long, but is this like another like? How long is it? Uh, five forty-four. So is it just like another ripoff of like Velvet Under, like half-ass ripoffs of Velvet Underground like tropes? Like, yeah, because you know, do they, a long guess, song. The, yes. the, the last, the last song on the last side of most of the Velvet Underground. Seventeen minutes. Yeah, long. it's just like <laughs> a two-minute song and then like twelve minutes of fucking around. Yeah, that's kind of what it is, but not as good. Although. I will say but yeah, that... Yeah, the, the piano opening was just... That just hurt my brain. Yeah. It just really... Wow. Like a polka. Yeah, it was just... <laughs> they got a pickle bar? It just... It was the like the Muppet Show or something. Yes. But, but no accordion. That would have made it... That would have made it interesting. If they were yeah, going for go all it, the way. instead of just yeah. giving it that feel with the same sonic Yeah, if they'd done something kind of... On the whole kind album. Kind of folksy or, or yeah. Eastern or European with it or something. It change in instrumentation. Something. I mean, you know... You don't have a live band. Yeah, they have the they have the saxophone. 
They have the a one, lot of the freaking saxophone. The saxophone. That's yeah. by what's his name? Malcolm. Malcolm. Yes. Malcolm. Malcolm. So so is this a is this a record then that we would recommend to an average listener or a fan of the Velvet Underground? Or uh, if two? you like the Velvet Underground, this will be way too. The thing is, if you like the Velvet Underground, and if someone played this for you and didn't tell you it was them, you might like it, but not have any idea it was connected at all. I will. I'll recommend this for late period Jefferson Starship fans. You know, if, if, if absolute Velvet like, Underground like completists. Do you mean do you mean like Jane period, or, or do you mean more like a you know? <laughs> I was thinking Starship two thousand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Starship. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I either refuse to to actually believe that album exists. Either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but even then, you know, you know what they they were. I'm not defending the Jefferson Starship. Good. No. <laughs> they they found a little niche in the popular market where they could sell shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's did. the damnedest thing. This this did not. No, this no. this did not achieve its aims of being commercial. It but it's a... still there, though. It's not. You know, a lot of a lot of albums go out of print, and you can purchase this on iTunes. So. That... Probably get, only because it's got Velvet's name on it. I mean, if it were a Doug Yule album, you try and find any of Doug Yule's stuff elsewhere, you're, you're going to be... Do we know if there's any, like, Velvet Underground, like, uh, uh, you know, greatest hits things or anything like that that contain a song off of here? I don't think so. They're, okay. they don't, they're not easy to compile because they didn't have singles, and yeah. a lot of their biggest songs are, you know, 17 minutes long. Right. So. Well, and it's like they have compilations, but they don't have... But yeah. actually, it's of entire albums. I think. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. they only put out four, four five albums. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have all of them yeah, in a box so. set. So. So this, is, this is more of a Doug solo album, really. Pretty much, it really yeah. is. It well, just has the name on it. And we did talk about Transformer a bit. Are there any other Velvet Underground-connected solo albums that are of interest? Oh, oh we, yeah. we might have one coming up in a couple of weeks for our, our lucky listeners. Just, oh, uh, just saying. <laughs> Maybe a couple, you know. Well, if you... Kind of like the tone or the the kind of the style. Of, I, I would not recommend this because if you like anything about this at all, there's a, there's a solid ten years of shit that sounds like this. That's like way better. Yeah, yeah it's well if you like, like it's rock and discount, roll, but you don't want it to make any impact feet. on you. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't right. go there. You it, could, we could listen to Little Feet. Listen to Little Feet. Yeah, why not? Feet. They're much listen better. Listen to the band. Listen to... Yeah, listen to early early Elton John. Yeah. I mean, they, they all do that better. Yeah, and about the same time, too. At about exactly the same time. Yeah, the same time. Yeah. There, there's a John Cale album that I'm really fond of. Uh, I can't remember. It's called Paris 19... 19- Paris 1919, 19, which right. came out right. yes. one week before this. Did it oh really? my God! Wow! wow. Yeah, that's and his it most. Is, it is, he it was is in a crowded a, field. Yes, and it, it, it is. It's, it's a remarkably different from this. There oh my was God! No attempt to sound anything like the Velvet Underground. Yeah, for and, John and, Cale, it's fairly accessible. Yes, and it's, it was it's a John Cale album. And it was. It but was it was really. You know, the songs are great. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is if. In early 1973, you were having the Jones for a new Velvet Underground experience. Buy that. Buy that. Buy Transformer. Transformer. You know, just mix the tracks up, and you'll have a much closer to Velvet Underground experience than you would with this album. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That, I, I don't have firsthand experience on this, but a lot of my favorite music of all time kind of comes from around this era. And so I, I only know from context, um, you know, what was going on with music, but. If you're a cool, groovy, music-loving person at the time, 
This is a profoundly uncool record. It's not like anything that's hip. It's not anything that's cutting edge. It's like just it's after dorky. school special yeah. soundtrack. It's it's like when rock and roll. Then we need a we need a rock ba- you know in this a movie is, in the background yeah. playing, and it's like and we need some some un, you know some music that we can license that's not going to blow our whole much, budget. Yes. When you brought this or to school, the, the, the cool kids wouldn't even bother to beat you up. Yeah, no. it's like, <laughs> like you're, you're already Lost hurting cause. yourself, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I guess it is soundtrack music. This is this is true. Uh, yeah. So I don't I don't think our Consensus here is that this is a. Uh, You're not missing anything if no. you miss this I, one. I can't even like this in an ironic hipster way. No, no not somewhere, even somewhere. At least you know. <laughs> Thank you. Funny yes. to pretend you like, but this one, you know, that that sizes it up right there. Yes, I, I yeah. The best you can say is yes. I've listened to it, and and others will commiserate. See, I, I, Go I, out and buy a little feet album. I, I do admire the uh, the soundtrack to Howard the Duck. <laughs> this, this this has nothing on the soundtrack to Howard the Duck. <laughs> Well, there's a comparison. Serious? He is. I can tell. Yeah. Sadly. Okay. Well, I guess that'll pretty much wrap it movie. up. <laughs> oh you, boy, you can, that's a can... whole. That's a whole wonderground. Yeah, that's that's a... a wonderground of information. <laughs> we could there. do a spinoff podcast about Howard the Duck. There you go. No. Lost in a world he never made. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Sexual overtones. For God's sake, no. Jeffrey Jones. Uh, all sorts of bad. Well, we've, uh, we've, Scott's already writing yeah. notes here. There you go. We, we've commented on the effects of cocaine on uh, uh, music production in oh, the, in the 70s, but Howard the Duck is like a whole nother uh, chapter. That, that, yeah, that's, that's guys, one of my there, favorite tropes. There was tropes. a comic that preceded that, which was oh, yeah, yeah, brilliant. The, 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 yeah. the comic yeah. is awesome, and that's why everybody was so... I mean, like, I remember firsthand how, how everybody was like, so wrong? what in the hell well, is this how thing? How could George Lucas... Be involved in a bad movie. Well, I, I still, it, I still. Uh, Willow, it's the best thing ever made. Indeed. Yeah, right. Well. Isn't, um, <laughs> <laughs> that will kill the conversation. Uh, Sorry about that. No, 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 that's fine. I, this, this, this is a testament Forget to everything how great you this know. Album is. Yeah. That we are Lar- desperate to talk about Willow. <laughs> Howard, the Howard the Duck is a. Is a, a so we're going to do the films of George Lucas now? Yeah. All right. Oh, on. yeah. I'm pretty sure they're all awesome. <laughs> Me so sorry. Nothing. <laughs> well, can we? You can't see it right now, but there's a a, a, a giant uh, frog creature in the sitting in the corner that wasn't there a few minutes ago. Oh, no. oh damn! Oh my! What so, have we done? Victoria, if people want to follow penny. you online just, or or keep a track up of all, coffee yeah, all over myself, you know, yes. How would they keep track of you? I find don't out know. what you're doing. <laughs> Why are find you out asking? about your music or your, uh, your Victoria Lundy Music.com. Yeah. Victoria Lundy Music.com. Yes. There's a, That's a an EP ish on Bandcamp at least. Yes. And there's There's more to come. I'm more to come. If you I'm don't know what a theremin is, go to Victoria Lundy Music.com. Yes. That will yeah, that will and educate you in a you'll be sorry. There you go. Um, also, we'll humbly ask that whatever podcasting application you are using, be it Stitcher or iTunes or Spotify, you rate and review and subscribe and you know make us look special and appear higher in algorithms and all that important stuff. Um, otherwise, we will see you all next week when we try and figure out who this artist is. I've been hoping
Even on Mondays, some hows and moon days, Sundays and Sundays, never seen Sundays. I'm trying in always and learning in between blue jeans and